but I promise I'm actually planning to do it. I have so much planned and That's I will good. get them done before my birthday. Don't ask what my birthday is. Wow. Um, but yeah, if you want to follow, I promise I'm actually, I'm okay at it, so if you like, follow it. Um, it's chosen B underscore and yeah, look for me if you need to make it. Chosen Beauty. Yeah. Oh. It sounded like Chosen B E underscore. So I heard B E underscore. Chosen Beauty underscore. Oh, yeah, I need to not take it Okay, and then we have. Uh, hi, my name is Shola. Um, I can't think of anything right now to say, but um, just happy to be here. Thank you very much. Wow. What else can you say about me? Come back to me. You want to introduce me? Um. <laughs> Uh, I was going to change that. What it is, okay, let's say, I'm the first of four kids. I have a semi huge family that's very close. I love my life. That's what I was trying to say. I love my aunt. Go on, sorry. <laughs> um, and um, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm a nerd at heart, but not necessarily sure I'm in public. I love my tech, but I also love music. So, yeah, that's me. Hi guys, so uh, yes, I'm Jeremy and I just graduated in biomedical science. Yay! I love, <laughs> I love traveling and COVID really halted a lot of plans this year, but next year I will hopefully start a vlogging um, channel to show off my travels and I work in events. Um, so yeah, I don't know. I do a lot of things, I, I love what I do. That's How good. Did you mind again? I'm sorry. Nah. No. I think that time has gone. <laughs> that should be said. <laughs> Apologies. Yeah, sorry to let you know. <laughs> Thank you all for making yourselves available to record this episode with me. And some of you have been here before. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So Thank it's you for good. Us back. It's good to be back. I'm excited. I'm glad you're excited. <laughs> but um, no, seriously, I, I am glad that you guys are here because one thing all of them have in common is, we'll get to that. So first, let's play a game. game chosen suggested this this is our little icebreaker the song association game is I give you a word and you have 10 seconds to come up with a song that has that word in it sing a song a song that already exists you do not make up a song okay. sing a song that already exists with that word in the song you have 10 seconds to, to, to Come up with the song. Are we taking turns? Or? So that's what I'm. Yeah. I'm trying to establish that. I really think we should take turns because I don't want a situation where one person is constantly. Me. Yeah. Jeremy singing the songs. Dominic. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I did. No, I meant Jeremy will be singing all the songs. Okay, let's go. Let's do it. Right. So we're gonna go. We're gonna go around in the same way that we've introduced. Oh. Okay, so let's get into the game, the song association game, starting, starting with a tune your word is love. Um, what's love got to do? 
got to do with it. You need to see his moves right well, now. Well, I'm You're not the Bee Gees. Thank you. Well, well, well done. Well done. Okay, so Dominic, your word is night. Take back the night. Okay. Yes. Um, no. 
Your word is work. I feel like I never saw that. Literally. Literally. I thought literally. Just seen that one. It's a fucking literally. We're gonna work from home. I knew it! 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 Do you know what? I knew it. I just didn't want to say it. I knew he was gonna go. I thought he was gonna go um, with. You ain't gotta go to work. work. Uh, I thought that's where he was gonna start from. Are you a stand of them or something? I kind of know you, Jer. I like the music. Mm. Okay, so my word is often you can all see that I'm generating this fucking website. It's not. I don't know what word it is. Back. Back to. I wish we could play um, play that game a bit longer, but we can't. One more round. One more round. One more round. It has to be speed. Okay. 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 It's in it. Ready? You're on this phone. Um. Here I am, here I am. How do you do? 
your word is man. Man down. <laughs> thing about everyone sitting here not everyone is minus me <laughs> literally <laughs> um your parents are either pastors or ministers and have been for as long as you can remember i should say maybe yeah. Yeah. minister yeah not for as long <laughs> as you remember <clears throat> so how long have you, has your parents been uh, probably say my mom's been a minister about 
close to 10 years. That's, that's a long time. It's a very well, long time. Well, years of your life, yeah. Yeah. practically. Um, yeah, so that's, to be fair, I've been saying this the whole season that I'm trying to be more intentional about my content now. Um, obviously being the pilgrimage of her so talking about my journey and getting people with similar or people who can relate to my journey and um the reason why you're all here is even though i can't say that my parents are ministers or pastors or leaders in the church um i have been in church a lot of my life and um i realized that even though pressures that i feel don't come from my parents <laughs> at all. They come from church. <laughs> so I don't know what it's like for you guys where it's not just church, it's parents as well. So first of all, what is that like? And just just as summary, generally, like what is your life like as a minister or a pastor's child? What do you mean as a like we have pressure from church and pressure from our parents. Yeah, so I said that I didn't really, I didn't feel any pressures from my parents at all in terms of how to live my life or just life in general. All the pressures that I felt have come from church, like the leadership at church and things like that. So I was just asking because for you it's different because your parents are either ministers or pastors. So you have that at home and when you go to church. So, um, okay, I'll go first. I'll say growing up as a PK was um, interesting. Where, um, for instance, like me, I was literally thrown into the choir from five because probably because I was a PK. I don't think any girls, no other child, I remember that there's literally no other child in the choir that was there was not the child in the choir, I was the only child in the choir. My, my sister and I, my sister and I were the only like under under 15 in the choir and I think that was more because we were PKs that like we were pastors because they just put them in the choir sort of thing yeah. and also growing up in church um, funny enough we look at it it's quite different when you're a PK although you do have you're in church you have this um, pressures of trying to portray the um, I want to say the perfect child but an example mm-hmm. you ask yeah. an example to others like because you're a PK they can't be, you can't be seen doing certain things Yeah. but funny enough at home life was actually quite relaxed okay it was quite relaxed being at home i didn't we didn't have the pressures of trying to still level up at home like try to be all um like be perfect at home and mm-hmm. at home it almost felt as if my parents left pastoring at church okay and then when we got home they tried as much as possible to make our lives our lives as normal as possible, as possible. Mm-hmm. although we did have people come to the house and when other church members come home, we have to sort of still remember that because they're church members and we've got to have a certain persona. Right. But once we were just us at home, literally life was literally as everybody else, everybody else's life was. Just very, very calm, relaxed. We watched TV, we played games, we laughed, we joked, we, did, we danced around the house and that was normal for us. So Is that, can you relate to that? Like, is that similar to your experiences? Um, for us, I think it's a bit different because our mum was very strict. Um, even before she was a deaconess and then minister and then pastor. Um, so growing up with her, it was more she's strict because she's strict. Like <laughs> her mum was a head teacher, her right. mum was a head teacher. Like I, we come from a lineage of teachers as far as I'm concerned. Okay. Um, and so my mum was very, you know, she, almost she treated us like 
we were children and had class in terms of the structure, discipline okay. um, that we followed. And so when she became a deaconess or a minister or a pastor, it didn't really change much in that um, our behaviours had changed because we were then, um, you know, oh, you're going to your pastor's child, you have to behave, you know, a certain way. We're already kind of behaving like that, but if that makes sense. Okay. Um, but it was now the added added thing of oh it's official kind of thing so now right. you, have to, you can't right. you can't go out of line mm. because you're a pastor's child and, yeah. okay you know I agree in a similar sort of sense where before we was for me personally anyway I don't think anything's changed like I'm still the same or my mum still treats me the same as how I was before she was a deacon to now she denies that she's a pastor. Mm. I wouldn't say anything in terms of her behaviour change because she was always treated us the same way in, in the case of her always expecting a certain level of discipline for us to display when we're at church, when we're outside, when we're at home, I would say. So for us, even if, as Jeremy says, it's just now that tag has been added and now that we have become a pastor's child instead. So. Okay. Um, for me, I think... It's really weird, I feel like I've had such a love-hate relationship with being an African. Mm. So it's like, um, most the pressure that I get, in, in quotes, as a pastor's kid, I definitely wasn't from my parents. Um, it was from other people. Mm. Like, people have an expectation or an idea or perception of what they think a pastor's kid should do, how they should behave. And, the sort of person they are so I think my initial response to that sort of growing up was firstly like when I was younger I felt like I sort of took advantage of that input. this was like when I was like literally a kid like in children's church I don't know I feel like I took advantage of it um in the sense that there were definitely benefits you can get mm-hmm. I feel like what like like, you, like I would say, I'm pretty sure there were times I was such a dumb kid. I would be like, um, oh, my daddy's the pastor, like to my friends. Okay. Uh, so I'm pretty, that's why no one likes me. Like, I was such an annoying little kid. I would be like, my daddy's the pastor, so you can't do that. Or something like that. Mm-hmm. Like, it was things, I don't even remember everything exactly, but it was like, so things along those lines. Okay. And it's like, so that was when I felt like I was abusing it. And then I realized people don't like you chosen. Like around year seven when I realized, yeah, you need to grow up, like stop behaving this way. So then it was like, I tried to distance myself from the whole like pastor's kid. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So then it was like, um, like if someone new came to the church, yeah. I wouldn't tell them I was the pastor's kid. Mm-hmm. And I would get annoyed if someone did tell them. Right. It was like so. It was like so I, you did a whole one eighty. Yeah. <laughs> so, so it was like I just wanted to just be like normal, like everyone else. Um, and then growing as I was growing up, also I needed to eventually go on my own relationship with God. And because my reason for coming to church was so tied yeah. with my parents and yeah. my family, it was like I was finding it hard to just like find God for myself mm. yeah. in church. So I went yeah. ups and downs and everything. Do you know what, we're so. gonna talk, I'm gonna talk more about that in a bit. Um, but did you want to say something to what No, it's funny, because when she said that she could get away with everything, when I was growing up, when I was growing up as a pastor's kid, 
um, I couldn't get away with anything, literally. I literally could not, anybody, if I did something wrong in the corner of the church somewhere, nobody, yeah. even one person saw, yeah. my parents were here about it, yeah. and I'm getting punished by my parents, by the leadership in church, by anybody who's allowed yeah. to tell me of because I was a pastor's kid. Yeah. So that was quite, quite just wanting to get away with stuff. When I was growing up, because I was a um, generation away from you, but when I was growing up with that, it was the case I could not get away with anything at all. It's, it's interesting that you said that because yeah. one of the things that I wanted to ask was, you know, the whole stereotype about um, PKs, all PKs are the naughtiest, PKs are the most skinny can't, oh, skinny can't is, oh, I'm so sorry, my Nigerian side is coming up, but like PKs are just, you know, ooh, PKs, you must be bad, that type of thing, like, and I don't know what accent that was either, I'm so sorry, <laughs> <laughs> but, um, you said chosen you said something along the lines of it was more pressures of the people around not necessarily your parents and i just want to ask you guys the perception or the stereotype i believe was obviously not made by pks you know it's just people generally like oh she's a pastor star they're the worst they're the this they're that they're that do you think that it's just people putting more pressure putting this idealistic character like behavior that you need to have because yeah. you're the pastor's child like how what do you think about that what do you think about the stereotype and also you know that people it coming from people um, but i hate i hated all stereotypes to do with pastor's kids it was like i and i think the the stereotypes that people would have and like i said the presumptions it was making me dislike being a pastor's kid even more and I think people who um, who make those stereotypes, I don't know whether or not they realise what they're doing. Like, because it's not nice to have these sort of presumptions made about you literally as when you're a kid, like when you're just growing up, like you don't even know what sort of person you are, what people are telling you, what they think you are. Like, I don't, yeah, I just, I don't think people realise how annoying or like just irritating that is. I think it really stems from the fact that people almost make pastors or ministers of God these they, they classify them as perfect yeah. in their mind. Exactly. And they feel like these people cannot make mistakes. Mm-hmm. And so they're almost waiting for them to trip up. And if they can't trip up, their kids will trip up. So mm-hmm. it's great, you know, oh of course you can stand on the pulpit and preach to me, but you can't even discipline your own kids. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, this pastor is, you know, 40 hours a week is out of the house trying to you know visiting people yeah. doing all things that we don't see behind the doors because all you see is on the sunday you see them on yeah. the pulpit but they're doing all of those things that uh, a pastor needs to do outside of their life plus live their life plus discipline children plus you know it, it's an added job that you don't realize that how much of your time it consumes Definitely. i think growing up again as a minister's kid or a pastor's kid you you and you you're in church a lot because your parents are in church a lot mm. and so you realize that ministry is not a sunday to sunday thing but a lot of people yeah a lot of people who, like, who judge I, you are the ones who are sunday to sunday yeah. christians effectively yeah. Yeah. and so they think oh how can you stand in the pulpit and tell me this this and this but you can't even tell your children how to do this and i think that's where it stems from mm. because they almost idolize a pastor, you know, you think but, Yeah, but the other thing the other part as well is most pastors' kids I always go by saying sometimes it's to get attention. 
Because I think for me, growing up, it was a case of where um, I wasn't bad, as in like I wasn't misbehaving and stuff like that. I was a good part of kid, as I say. But at the same time, I used to talk back to my dad when I was at home. Because as far as I was concerned, he was focused on everybody else, else and stuff like yeah, that. And I dad and my mom really focused on everybody else. And then it was a case of us kids at home were like, just yeah, just do the right thing. You know what to do, mm. sort of thing. And it was like, oh, okay. So how do we manage that? Um, how do you manage um, that expectation? You, you still want your mom and dad to be a mom and dad and not be past this and past that. Do you know what I mean? You want, you want, that's mom and dad to you, not yeah. pastor, so so. Do you understand? So I think that's what it was. And, and like, coming from a family of all most pastors, I couldn't run to my uncle and say, but he's not talking to me. My uncle's doing exactly the same thing in his house. Mm-hmm. Sort of thing. So the case of where family members were also in ministry, so you couldn't run to anybody and say, can you talk to my dad so he can pay attention to me? Although I said a very close relationship with my dad, mm-hmm. and we did find a balance eventually. We we're just trying to find that balance at the beginning yeah. of life in general. Yeah. It's it's interesting that you guys have said that because um, it's like people don't they don't consider that your like a majority of your life is practically ministry. Like you're just surrounded by it. Mm. People get to escape from um, you know the church life so to say people get to escape from that but you don't and um the the pressure to just act right all the Mm. time when they don't put pressure pressures like that on themselves and then putting that on pks it's like oh to be to be quite fair if we were to reflect as a as a people if we were to reflect on that then you'd realize okay you know what let's not and also about just putting people on such a high pedestal that or just because this then nothing should go wrong mm. nothing at all should go wrong like i feel like that's just something that people should um avoid making because i would just you know like i said i can't relate to that um like i didn't really have those pressures from my parents um or anyone really I think I just put that on myself by listening to my leaders at church um, in terms of living right. And I, you can't see me. I'll be putting In terms of living right, um, I didn't really have that pressure. But um, yeah, I can see why that would be a bit difficult. But I, I also wanted to ask is everyone serving at church, serving like you're in a department? and if you are was it because you really wanted to like it was a passion (laughs) it was you know you were thinking this is where i need to serve this is what i want to do like every other person in this church that came and decided you know what that's what i want to do was that your decision or was it because you know what if i don't do anything i'm gonna i'm not gonna hear the end of this i'm a pk so therefore I need to be doing something, I need to be active. Initially, no, my dad was the one who told me I had to be doing something in church. Mm-hmm. Um, but eventually, I just grew, I actually grew to like what I was doing. Okay. Yeah. Dom? It's a no for me. Uh, <laughs> it's a no for me. No pressure. I just joined my, uh, my department, so I'm currently working because I wanted to do something and to be busy. Out. Uh, I had a passion for what the departments which I'm currently serving in. I wanted to help out with them and uh, serve the word of God through them. So, spread the word of God through them. <laughs> okay, continue. 
Um, mine's a bit different because it's a bit of both. Um, what I would say is that um, initially, as a teenager, um, actually even going back before that, as um, a youth growing into a teenager, I had a lot of energy. So I had all this energy bottled up <laughs> inside of me um, and I would act out at times. So when I got into um, what at the time was the youth church of the church I currently attend, um, I kind of threw my hands into multiple pots. So I was in multimedia, I was in, um, I started learning how to play the drums. So I joined the, the ministry um, department. I was in the drama department. I was doing sports. <laughs> I was doing all sorts. I was in the intercessory for a little bit. I wanted to do mentorship and discipleship. I wanted to do everything. So I was in doing multiple different things, um, which is what I can kind of relate to um, some of the topics you've spoken about. Previously, I was, in, I was trying to be a jack of all trades. Um, and then at some point, I went away. Um, our church created a new branch um, and I was um, selected to go across um, probably because I played the keys, but <laughs> I took it as an opportunity to really go out and um, get to know myself a bit more and actually find out what I'm really, really passionate about. And upon coming back was when I actually realised, well, prior to coming back, was when I actually realised that my passion was in young people. Um, and since coming back, I've actually, um, it's been a concerted effort to actually remove myself from departments that I'm not that interested in. Not necessarily because I don't enjoy them, but because when it comes to it, if I have to make a decision between going out and see my friends or spending time to do that particular thing, I'm probably going to choose my friends if I'm being honest with myself. Mm -hmm. So rather than um, put myself in a position where I'm, I'm in a department that I'm not really passionate about, but just there for the sake of it to make up the numbers, then am I really serving God? And at the end of it, it came down to what was the purpose of me joining those departments mm -hmm. and if it's not to serve god diligently then there's no room need for me to be in there and um so where i am now is it's still a bit of both because there's still certain departments that or certain parts of um my day-to-day -day service obviously it's been completely shattered with what's going on with covid in the world right now but prior to that um there's still certain things that I'm battling with with regards to, is that just me saying that I don't want to do it anymore or I have no passion for it? Because ultimately, at the end of the day, God gave us all gifts and talents for a reason. So God didn't just give you a talent for no reason, but he gave it to you to do something with it. So whether or not um, it might be something that I don't see myself enjoying currently, doesn't necessarily mean it's not something that God wants me to utilize later on for his glory so i have to kind of weigh that options out and be like am i am i making a selfish decision selfish decision or am i actually um just realizing that not all gifts and talents necessarily need me to be in that particular department i can have that gift i can have that talent and not necessarily have to be in the department to still be able to utilize those gifts i can be a great singer and not necessarily be in the choir is what i'm trying to say mm. yeah. yeah okay but um also, you missed out the question where I wanted to find out if you were obligated, like, was it something that you had to do because... Um, yes, 
but it wasn't an obligation for my parents it was more as it was more a culture in the youth ministry that i was in at the time right which followed a template of once you come in you um do your discipleship following your discipleship you have to serve in a particular department right um and it's not a case of child labor (laughs) it's simply (laughs) done to um to create a culture of service right um so that's where it began from it wasn't there was no pressure in my household for me to join a department in fact my dad is very laissez-faire um i can say about departments he's very much hands-off when it comes to that that department he does have departments that he serves on but those are the ones that he is particularly passionate about Mm. and has a passion for my mum similarly she's not in a lot of departments um, although she's a minister she has one department that she's very passionate about and she kind of sticks to that line so in terms of the household there's not there wasn't any pressure at all for me to be serving and to be here there everywhere no not really and um, it was more from in-house and it's more from a place of building a culture of service which obviously is how i got to where i am now okay okay because um yeah just like i said similar to that um my parents in fact my parents were a bit like oh, what are you doing okay <laughs> like because I, I was just like yeah i need to and it was mostly quiet i've always been a little quiet oh i want to do this i need to do this i've got this this i've got that and it's like all right okay fine like do you <laughs> they were no they were just looking at me like oh, okay that's that's what you want to do fine um okay cool i would like to know is there are there any misconceptions that people i mean we've already spoken about one or two are there any misconceptions about being a pk that a lot of people just don't know that you want to just tell them now like look listen linda listen (laughs) (laughs) like yeah you're wrong i don't know if it's about being a pk but i think about being I'm not a pastor, but I mean, I've been close enough to watch them. And I feel like I've had, when I've told people my parents are pastors, um, they ask, but do they not really work on Sundays? So, Oof. yeah, like I've literally been asked that before. So they're like, what do they do? <laughs> um, so I think a lot of people, maybe not necessarily always people from church, but even sometimes people in the church don't realise how much work yeah, yeah. is needed. Or that pastoring is not only just standing on a pulpit on a Sunday, yeah. that it's literally being involved with people's lives being involved in running the church being involved in providing services for the church members mm. apart from just a sermon mm. like there's just a lot more like one time someone i was um in church and i think what well, like it was in children's church or something and one of my friends was like why does your dad have an office and i was like because he works in church <laughs> and does your brother not have an office at work? Like, yeah. like that's his job. So, yeah, I think it's just that there's honestly just so much more than that goes on than you see. I think for me, I want to I wanna address that we are not our parents. Oh, yeah. Oh, yes. <laughs> I, well, I, I think, again. Say it again. We are not our parents. Um, I think, as you can see, you all resonated with that. People often immediately you do anything wrong a thing that every other child could have done but they will single you out and go and you're the pastor's child and it's like listen i'm as you said a pastor's child 
I'm still learning, I'm still growing, I'm still becoming who I am. You can't turn around and say to a nine-year-old, you know, you need to be perfect because no nine-year-olds are perfect. Nine-year-old kids are still growing, mm. still learning things, still, you know, if if any child was to go and, you know, do something silly, let's say, go and jump off like a stack of chairs, like you you would think, oh, there's such a child. But if it was the fastest child, you'd be like, and there's the fastest child. It's like, why do you differentiate? As yeah. a child, you cannot say that, you, am I not allowed to have child, childish things? Am I not allowed to be a child when I'm a child? Mm. If you want to take away the element of being a child just because my parents are pastors, it now means that that child is childhoodless, if that makes sense. Like, you expect them to grow up in, you know, twice or three times as quickly as everyone else. Yeah. And I think as PKs, you learn to, you, you learn to grow up really quickly because you have to deal with these things that other people wouldn't necessarily have to deal mm-hmm. with. Yeah. 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 And, I, yeah. I think, you know how earlier I said, um, when I was younger, I didn't necessarily, necessarily um, I felt like I could use my position as an advantage. I think as I got older, it was when people would say, like not older, but literally like from 12 upwards, I don't remember when I was that old. But um, that's when people would be saying, but you're the fastest kid. And it wasn't always necessarily adults as well. It was a, a lot of the time, like, kids, my peers. Oh, really? Or, yeah. Or, like, or like people your age. Like, you lot's age. <laughs> <laughs> like, you don't know them. Oh. Like, yeah, Listen, I remember. I'm in my 20s. Yeah. <laughs> you're what? I'm in my 20s. So, we're, we're, the same we're in the same bracket. We're yeah, bracket. I just definitely <laughs> remember, like, being in, like, children's children, like, entering G-squad. Mm. And I yeah, it was when I entered G Squad that I felt there was there were like people who like treated me like as the pastor's kid, and I was like, right, go away. So <laughs> yeah, it was like it wasn't always from adults that I would like experience stuff like that. Mm. I think the one thing we definitely need to take away, um, what I think we need to remember about pastor's kids, also like Jeremy said, we're not our parents. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the second part is we're not meant to take over from my parents. Thank you. People have asked me, are you gonna be the pastor? I said, Yeah. Have I, have I told you that I want to be a pastor? <laughs> has God told you that I should be a pastor? Because if that's so, God's not told me the same thing. Yeah. So I don't know. Yeah. Well, well, so I, because uh, I'm already kind of in ministry to the point of view, well, from like YouTube and ministry and stuff like that. I'm very, very mindful of. I come from a family of pastors, and sometimes I do get. Um, calls from like uncles and aunties asking, so when are they going to make you a uh, minister in the church? And I was like, because it comes by attendance. <laughs> <laughs> but I think it's um yeah that's so I get I'm like what sorry why 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 what are you talking about? I've i I've not God hasn't called me to pastor a church. So what are you talking about? And we need to kind of like realize that we're not meant to take over from our parents. Not everyone. Anyway. Not everyone. We're not all meant to take over yeah. from our parents. And we might be calling into a different arm of the ministry and mm-hmm. stuff like that. Just because our parents are pastors doesn't mean we as well have now become have well, now I mean, have to become pastors. I've been given the grace. Exactly. Yeah. Pastoring. Or patience. Patience. <laughs> Speak on it. Patience. I watched my mother and I'm like, yeah. I don't I grew up seeing my mom take take a lot of nonsense from oh. people. And I remember like I'm a no everyone knows people that they all everyone no, here knows. No nonsense. Oh. 
I don't say I, I don't suffer fools, right? No, I don't do that at all. But my mom used to literally take crap from people. It's and, a grace. And that was a that was a grace where <laughs> Yes. No, it's, it's not crap, crap. <laughs> so like she literally would just take like people like we I remember growing up with people always in our house. Like mm-hmm. someone who's homeless. And you find the person and their kids in the house. house. Mm. And I'm thinking, Sunday nights is a night of music and just chilling. I can't do that anymore with these people here. You think we're, we think we're heathens. <laughs> <laughs> so there's a case when we get home, like, example, we get home from Sunday night and we turn on the sound system, they call it in those days, and we literally have, like, the most. Well, in those days. In, the, in those days, in the 1980 BC. <laughs> 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 oh, oh, I remember the nights we'd get home and literally Sunday afternoon have lunch, have a nap, get up and we have music playing in the house, we're playing stuff from um, Bill Withers to Sonia J to like any random track we can find to my Jack Pache, this is 90s, so Ooh, my Jack Pache, so we literally have all those kind of tracks playing on Sunday night us laughing and dancing around the house, laughing about what we did in church on Sunday and stuff like that. And we did all that. We enjoyed when we were when church members came home. It was almost as if okay, we're doing a Bible study. And it's part of the misconception because they feel like every night in your house is Bible study night. But actually, that's, that's what I was going to go on to say when I'm sure uh, speaking. I think the term pastor's kid is already stereotypical and yeah. problematic. In which I never even heard of the term PK. I, I, I just. Are you where have you been? I, know, I didn't, I, I didn't hear about that. Didn't concern me because I, a, I wasn't one anyway. But I, it, did, it didn't matter. It didn't matter to me as much. But yeah. it's. I would say it's more of a stereotypical view of you are. You are. You know, pastor is the head figure of the church. Yeah. They are there to set an example. They're there to be like this is how you should do your life. You know, blah blah blah. Being a child of a pastor, you're then supposed to be an example to the children. Yeah. If you're not being that example, and where now you're having parents of other children being like, oh, you do, your son did that, your daughter did this. And going back to what you said, where parents used to come to you to say, you know, talk about your children to them, and you know, there's a level of expectation for that child to go and show. When you then, when you're done, you know, you're, you're, you're at home, you, you find that level of expectation there. So when you had said that you used to come home to then to, uh, to just relax yourself, mm. but then people now coming over to your house, you can't have that relaxation no. because they'll be judgmental. Yeah, they'll be judgmental. The mental image of well, it's not about keeping. It wasn't about keeping on yeah. the image. It was about them feeling. We always felt like if they they might feel a certain way seeing us in our yeah. natural habitat. Yeah. yeah. Because it's like. Like again, it's not just keeping up up appearances, but also um, when okay, are you scripture here? When the Bible says if you if you eating meat causes your brother to fall, Mm. you don't do it. Yeah. So if you already at a certain like our parents are pastors and they're leading from the front, you can't be seen to be an idea of you just relaxing your house, like not like constantly praying and studying the Bible. Might they might feel like okay, if I if they do that, I can do it too, and then they can't handle what it is. Oh, sorry, or even, even just clothes. when they look at that and they feel like, oh, but you're meant to be a pastor, yeah. so that means you're not living your life right, so that means I'm not going to listen to you, and then they miss out. Yeah. But I think there's also a problem with that, because, like, 
if by doing that we're also maintaining yeah allowing the peak ideal and allowing the idea that pastors are, are perfect yeah mm. and i think it's important to like break through to people that these are human beings these mm. are not like yeah mere yeah. Yeah. like mere gods like these are not they're not perfect mm. like do you know one thing that used to really annoy me was this idea that pastors did not stress like 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 a sunday all the time like I remember having friends who who are pastors give and they'd be like, Oh they're not allowed to wear these kind of clothes. Even though let's say generally it might not have been a best kind of clothes, but something you wear to church on Sunday. But it's kind of, oh I can't wear this at all because my son's a chat pastor because if someone comes and sees me in this they're gonna go back and say this. And like on the street. Yes. That's and a bit that's I I have a friend who's a daughter of a pastor and she was not allowed to like obviously parents don't want girls wearing mini skirts anyway but she wasn't allowed to wear anything like below her knee because one time she wore above like above her knee because she wore one thing of like mid thigh and someone came up to her and was like that's not very godly that and it's just like she's not at church she is literally like i don't you know, know if knee. that's a, a necessarily just a i think that's passive, yeah i think that because i have friends that aren't past kids and church members have gone up to them and talked about how they dress i think that's a girl thing being I think the other, the other point is that's a girl thing. Yeah. yeah, definitely. The other thing we have is like pastors, kids, and pastors don't listen to other music besides gospel music. Oh, yeah. Yeah. For instance, the game we played earlier, where none of us sang a gospel yeah. song at all. Yeah. That's yeah. a per- perfect example. Yeah. <laughs> you know, the bow, like you said, bow. We said bow, bow down. Excuse me. Gospel tracks and sing gospel music only, and people find it strange when you when you hear a song and they're like you're singing a song like, but you're a pastor's kid, oh, oh, the worst song. Well, you're a minister of the gospel. How can you sing that? I'm like, what, 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 what did, what, what happened? Show me your Bible. I need to show me exactly <laughs> where it is. But then again, so the Bible does say about mm. if this will cause your brother to fall, then you kind of like do not, do not partake of it. And I think that's why I, that's why I live my life out of the moment by. Try my hardest to like. Although I am a no-nonsense person, and I do what I want. I am also mindful of those watching me, so mm. they don't trip up by watching me. Like I'm able to handle something. Don't necessarily mean that they can handle it as well. Exactly. So I think that's what it is. That's for me. That's where I'm at right now. As in growing up as a pastor's kid, even after we leave ministry for a while and coming back, it's the same thing. I kind of had the mentality of. I have to be mindful that those who are also looking up to me can also follow footsteps that I've left behind mm. that are God and godly. Mm-hmm. I think that's that's the thing for me. Yeah. Let them show you that Um. Okay. Just one more question, and we will attempt to wrap this up. Uh, <laughs> attempt. <laughs> yeah. Um. One of the big things that I feel we like everyone is affected by, but more so people who are under scrutiny by the congregation mm-hmm. are under like when you either i don't know how to put it step out of line or make a mistake <gasps> or oh, shock and horror. you do something you do something that do you know if stacy down the road did it nobody's batting any eyelid yeah. mm. but you i feel yeah. like we what if it's when we do something wrong somehow everyone knows Every, is everybody's business like, how, how do you know <laughs> <laughs> No, no, it's why do you <laughs> <laughs> Like, yeah. do, you, do you feel that? Do you, do you guys relate yeah. to that? Where yeah. it's just, 
you just do one one thing where you know oh if you were to open your mouth to say what stacy natasha john lewis I don't yeah. know why all those names get to be like. Stacy Natasha, John and Lewis. Do you know Stacy? I mean, do you know Stacy? I don't. Oh wait, Natasha. Maybe she wants to go and shop at John Lewis. <laughs> no, but honestly, you see that all, they all do certain things, mm. and then you just attempt. You just test. You test the waters. You just double something, and then you're caught. And it's not just caught. You're caught and exposed. Oh yeah, I've never actually experienced that. Yeah, no, yours is different. How is mine different? <laughs> Honestly, no. the fact that she even said she stepped away. No, tell them quickly how what you meant by you away and come back because I don't know how you did that. That was that was difficult. That was very difficult. I think I went. I okay. I, I'd say I was PK because I grew up as a pastor's kid. Um, right now my parents aren't pastors anymore. Mm-hmm. And um, well, my dad might be a pastor. I don't know. So I think what it was, when we had a break in the family, I think I was about probably about 17, we had a break in the family, and that's when me and God decided to have a fight. Mm-hmm. Well, God invites me at 14. I said, how can after all this work we've been doing, mm-hmm. da, 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 how can my parents find able to survive that? And then we had a whole yeah. break in the family. And then that's when I literally left church. I completely left church and I was like, that's it, I'm done. Mm. I would not go to church, I would not listen, I was drinking like a m- fish. <laughs> no, I was literally, I was constantly, I was constantly drinking, constantly going out. Um, I I went as far as when leading some people astray that even when I was able to stop, they couldn't stop. That's how bad, that's why I always said I'm very mindful how I behave. Because I still remember that time when I took up smoking all sorts i did that and then i had a friend who was at uni then and he was like he had stopped completely and then when he saw me smoking he kind of joined me and then it was literally one day i just went i'm not doing this anymore and i just stopped but he it took another year and a half to get into god wow. come on and it was a bit difficult so i felt very guilty about that as well so that's one part and then so for a long time i used to go to church and it took me it, and also because i grew up in church i also saw the back the back office of the church, as you say, the back where people don't see, mm-hmm. the garage and the storeroom and everything happening behind the scenes that most people don't see. And I saw that, in, and I thought in the midst of all that, I did not see the point of going back to a place where I felt this was all going on. Mm-hmm. So for a long time, I refused to go to church. I think it was about, probably about four years wow. or so I didn't go to church at all. And then I remember my brother saying he wanted to go for a concert, a gospel concert. And it was like, I want to go, can you come with me? So I was like, my younger brother, I was like, okay, I'll come with you. So I went for the concert and they came and there's an altar call, God give back to Christ. And I'll quote the scripture to the guy, like, I grew up in church, I know scripture. So I'll to the guy, automatically thought, she said, don't worry about it. And I knew how to play the Christian uh-huh. very, very yeah. well. I knew how to play the Christian so well. But even to the point where I went back to, when, it, I started, when my mother forced me to go back to church, it was a case of, you're under my roof, you're going to go to church. And I said, okay. Let's be going to church. And then that did not mean that I was yeah. in church. Yeah, exactly. I was going to the building, but I was not listening to anything that was being said. Yeah. I was the one I was the kind of one that would go clubbing on Saturday nights, come back at 5 a.m., sleep, shower, be in church for prayer meeting at 8 o'clock in the morning. How are you gonna sleep? Standing I slept for two hours, hello. <laughs> that was the time that I was good sleep. At 5 a.m., 7 p.m. wake 7 a.m. wake up and you're good. <laughs> And prayer meeting was like, I think it was like 8.30 or 9, so I was there and I was mm. in there. And I was standing in the corner pretending to pray. People automatically thought 
Mm. I was, mm. I had like come back to church and I was actually a Christian. And that was the amazing thing. They, they were just full straight away. She's in church. She's going for prayer meetings and everything was happening. But they didn't know I was doing what I was doing outside of the church. But yeah. it actually took, it took, it's, it wasn't a day. It was a process that happened that God started to change my my thinking and my thoughts and try to like that reminded me of the reason why I was saved. Like when it says you're, you're blessed to be a blessing and it says you're, my, what the scripture holds on to is my reasonable response to the sacrifice of the cross is for me to worship and to give my life in service. Mm-hmm. That's what I live by. Mm-hmm. So it's a case of I've, I've gone off but it took a revelation from God only. It didn't take um, anybody saying anything. It didn't take my grown-up as a pastor's kid. It didn't take anything like that. It literally took an encounter with, with God. God. Yeah. An encounter with God. So yeah. actually make me think, okay, this is it now. Yeah. And there was no exposure. Because trust me, if I didn't tell I don't tell you guys what's, what it is I went to. Nobody knew. Like I said, I was going to church. Mm. I will go clubbing. I can't hear. This is my day. You go clubbing. You know your ears start to ring. <laughs> yes. Because you've been on that speaker for like, what's five hours? <laughs> <laughs> So you're, you're in church, sitting in church, you're like, you're still hungover, yeah. sometimes still drunk. <laughs> like, I'm not gonna lie, it happened to me. <laughs> <laughs> so sometimes still drunk, sometimes hungover, you can't hear what anybody's saying. Yeah. Well, you have the mannerisms, you have the, yeah. the amens, the yes lord kind of thing you say. You're playing the pastor's kid. Exactly, you're playing the role of the pastor's kid that nobody would know. Yeah. And anything happened before that, so it did take that. It took an encounter to actually return and say, God, I now I, this is now my time, and I give my life over to you for you to as you as you will. Yeah. Any any last words on? I think touches uh, on a really good point that sometimes because of everything that goes on around you, you learn to play the part, mm. even if you don't actually believe it. Yeah. And so you can. You know, as you can be in church but not be there, yeah. and, and that happens um, a lot more than you think. And I think that's a real um, repercussion of people, you know, putting such demands on kids. You learn to, you know, yeah. Let's even say you're not even. Let's not talk about church. Let's say your parents are really big on you playing sports. You will learn to play that sport just to keep your parents happy, not whether or not you want to do it or, you know, playing an instrument or something that you don't enjoy but you do because you're told to do it. You learn that skill so that, listen, if it means that you will stop talking to me, you will stop yelling at me, stop thinking, I will learn to just, you know, be in church on time, be, do things because I can act for three hours Mm -hmm. a week and live my life freely Mm -hmm. than, you know, be myself 24-7 and have that... Um, the aggro in the house. Aggro yeah. full time. So yeah. you know, you learn to you learn to do everything that you're expected to do. Yeah. You learn to put on the mask. Yeah. yeah, and and I think that's a really it's a really dangerous definitely. thing. Oh, definitely. Because if a pastor's kid in that scenario does not learn to find God for themselves, then they can spiral wildly out of control because it's almost as if you know, as they will see everything as a facade. They'll see, you know what. I don't need to be a Christian. I just need to look like a Christian, and you'll be fine with it. Mm-hmm. And you know, it's yeah. Just, yeah. I think going up from that, what you say, I think most pastors kids do get this, where 
they have pe- people automatically think straight away that because you're a pastor's kid, you are a very Christian. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think that's the thing. So that's why I want to just go on to what Jeremy just said. You're the pretend, you think straight away you're already a Christian. So, yeah. for instance, when you're at and checking up and you see, are you okay? They were trying to think he's a pastor's kid, he's fine, or she's a pastor's kid, she's fine, sort of thing. Rather than actually checking, like normally you would check in on someone and say, are you okay, are you alright, kind of thing. But you don't check on either because you think straight away, no, they do, they're parents of pastors, they, 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 I'm sure they're fine, sort of yeah. thing. So I think also the same thing happens with people in leadership. We don't check on our pastors half the yeah. time, but we kind of feel, well, they're close to God. Yeah, right. I, think, <laughs> I think that is, like, people almost seem, like, I'm just trying to say, people seem to forget that they need to be maintaining the pastor's kid relationship with church and just also just checking off yeah. on them. Mm-hmm. And then also sometimes the pastor's kids can feel like they don't know who they should go to. Yeah. I was gonna say to. that. Like, because it's like, if, if like perhaps you don't have any family members or something, so other people in church may be able to go to someone else in church. But you know that if you go to this person in church, they could now go back to their own family and be like, oh, the pastor's kid said this or the pastor's kid did this. And it's like, you don't really know who you can trust yeah. in the church. Like, for me, I felt like, first person I had was Itanu, and then it was Ashola. Mm. Like, and that was when I was like 17, 18. Mm. So, no, don't offend it. Do you know what I'm saying? I'll say this, because it seems like a lot of this discussion, especially with the PK topic, has been very close tied to identity and how you how you know PKs identify who they are with regards to that title and a lot of the time the the term PK is very it's very the the example I can give in the Bible and I think that I feel like this is what it stems from it stems from a place of an updated kind of type of thinking is you know the Levites and how they were called, all of them must be priests. So if your father's a pastor, there is uh, an assumption that that calling is directly passed on. Now, it's not to say that it's not. No. That's not what I'm saying, because God's spirit wills whatever, Mm -hmm. whatever God wills is what happens, Mm -hmm. cool. But if you actually look at the Bible, on certain occasions, there are times where is actually at the detriment of that child. So, mm-hmm. for instance, the children of Eli, mm-hmm. they were not yeah. like Eli. Samuel was like Eli, but so they were not. Samuel's kids were like him. So you yeah. see that trend already starting. Even if you go back all the way, let's say who's the first, who's the first had a child, you know, mm-hmm. that was like a minister unto God, Adam. Cain was literally yeah. You know? <laughs> so in the Bible, in the first couple of pages, it tells you that the children are not always like their parents. Now going back to identity, I think that's where it comes down to you as an individual. Mm. Regardless of who your parents is, it's fantastic that your parents can leave that side of their ministry of their calling. Because you have to remember, this is their calling. Yeah. So this is their life. So if they cho- they could choose to bring it home and be like oh, um, you know, they're still working and have no time to have a relationship with their children, which is often sometimes why their children look elsewhere for attention or act out to seek attention. But the fact that, you know, pastor's kids can still have a relatively normal Mm. life in the home is already something to be happy about. But when it comes to your identity, it's now about 
you looking at your parents to be like, okay, cool. What brought them to where they are at, where they are fully serving, they have a full understanding of what their calling is, and they're acting on that, you know, on that calling or on that anointing or whatever it, it, it may be that has been placed upon their lives. And it's about you now looking inside yourself and saying, okay, cool, what's my identity? So for me, as a minister's child, I don't look at my mum and say that, okay, cool, just because my mum's a minister, I know that I've been called to be a minister. But from an early age, as long as I already knew what my passions were, it's just about following that. And about the stigmas or the um, pressure that's put on you to act perfectly, for the most part, it's especially at a younger age, there's really nothing you can do about it. Mm-hmm. You can complain, you can moan, you can act out, you can isolate yourself, that's fine. It's not gonna it's not gonna change the fact that you're a minister's kid and you're treated in a particular way. All I would say is is that how you react to it is will determine what you become. So you could either be like Sister Shola and be like, no peace, deuces, I'm gone, go for is that if you choose to do that that's completely your decision that's your journey one thing i've learned as a a christian is is that there's no throwing stones from my end Uh because although i've not decided to do that i have no idea what you're going through in your life or tomorrow that's me Mm. do you know what i mean so i'm not in a position to be throwing stones so whether whatever you know if you choose to make that decision to be like okay, i'm not gonna go find myself away from my parents that's completely fine there's some people like i'll say me i'm just lucky enough that from a young age i kind of already knew what i was passionate about and what i wanted to do like my mom told me stories about when i was like two um one auntie was looking after me I just walked up to the pulpit where one man of God in Nigeria was preaching he carried me and said Woof, this boy's going to be a minister or whatever and he carried me the whole service and from then there was already an expectation that oh yeah 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 yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, yeah. But, but it wasn't but it wasn't and, and this is credit to my parents that it wasn't like oh you're going to be this or you're going to be a preacher or you're going to be this but it's like I know the calling upon your life so that way there's an assurance there that okay cool I can kind of figure myself out but if there's an assurance that God has already sent a word then I know that ultimately God's will will come to me someday so for me that's where the identity comes from it's not from the label itself but actually who that pastor is and what God has said concerning me to them you just attach yourself to that no, that can okay. I understand what you're saying. I do get. I do get it. I do get what you're saying. I think mm-hmm. it's uh, like like we say. Each person has a journey and how they set, how things happen to you. Yeah. And so we all have our different personalities as well. How we how we receive and how we take things. Mm-hmm. Um, I think maybe because I literally when I was born, but the moment I was born, it was a case of that's daddy, and that is also pastor. Straight away, that was already that was the or, or, that was the role straight away from birth. Mm. So I think I think about children have the same 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 idea. Yeah. That's the same life. Listen, this one is, is there's a constant reminder <laughs> every every two Sundays. We must hear about children. Every two Sundays. I was saying my mother the other day actually that um, children's mom and my mom had the same similar experience, but they waited ten years before they had. They have, they have parents at 10, but they had her. My parents had 10 years after they got married, they had me as well. Mm-hmm. So it's like that kind of like, I kind of understand also that part of things. Mm-hmm. So I think it's a case of, 
I, 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 I get what you mean, I understand what you're saying, and where there is a person, they have an identity, and then, but the, the other problem is when you are a child in your formative years, and the identity is almost being thrown on, on you, you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. as that, mm-hmm. because once you are born into the house of a pastor, mm-hmm. like we're talking about the Levites, for instance, once you are born into the family of the Levites, automatically, yeah. Like, for instance, did you know that Eli's children were meant to be priests in the house of God? It could have been the case where Eli was a priest, yeah. and the person not remember the family, and someone else does it. Yeah. Yeah. But because automatically Eli was priest, the kids became priests. Yeah. We, don't, we don't necessarily stop and think, let's hear from God and see what God has said. And also, the yeah. other part is, someone might say, this is a calling on your life, but it doesn't necessarily mean it has to become a passport. No. Yeah, no, no. Jimmy, that's yeah, the part. Like yeah. they, they talk about the different parts of ministry that yeah. God, that, that yeah. the different giftings and yeah. ministry that 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 is created that Christ has yeah. put on His earth and for the education of the body of Christ. But we always um, almost automatically think straight away pastor. Mm. And some people are called the evangelists or, 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 or teachers yeah. or yeah. Someone yeah. 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 Like I see a lot of pastors like kids or like they put, the them, they put them in the in the choir. Yeah. They put them in the choir and they make them lead worship. Mm-hmm. Like You can't sing. Yes. <laughs> and what are you doing there? Like it's Love people we have to sing. No what no what but I can like like although my like parents uh, my grand my grandmother was a soprano singer, dad was a tenor, grandma was I think she was an alto. But they really really do that singing. Like literally we called the family gathering and they start singing, just sit there like it's that kind of thing, but almost as if like even before you were like you meet you are born and they came and prayed for you. Oh, this person has a calling on their life. Next thing you know, for the next five to ten years of your life, they're grooming. Oh, like they're grooming. That's you. the yeah. word for it. They're grooming, grooming you. So every decision you make, or every, every decision every you make for you is exactly. They're helping God. Everybody's helping God. And that's why I feel like it's not, that's why the stereotype of a pastor's kid like falling out or like um, turning away or being a rebel or whatever, it's, even though it's an annoying thing to be placed on them, it's not a shocking stereotype. We're like Jonah, we run away down there. Yeah, because it's like, you've been forcing you your whole life, why yeah. wouldn't you want a break, why wouldn't you want to be able to discover exactly. yourself for yourself? Yeah. Like it's not a shocking thing, but it's a, but you shouldn't have that expectation of someone. Yeah. Like, you shouldn't, you can't, you as another person can't have expectations of another person if you don't know that person. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think Especially like, if you hear the story of how your parents became pastors, because they were not. Yes, sir. Exactly. Listen, it's like, no, I ran away, so you don't have to run away. I went through that, so you don't have to For me, I would say the four years when I was out of church really kind of helped me to develop who I was and know myself mm-hmm. and even in that time when I was away I was still encouraging others for instance where someone is going through something like imagine this how silly is here you're all going out so you're in the bar yeah. you're still drinking your hand and someone's talking about the problems and you're telling them you have a drink in your hand they say you need to pray to God <laughs> just pray he will help you through it and I'm thinking I'm sitting here like not going to church not doing anything I'm still the one telling someone so I think that's what helped me to understand my calling like you can't point. run away from me. I couldn't run away from me. She could not run away from me. But that is saying that I'm not meant to be a pastor. We just run away over and over again. And um, so I think that's, for me, that was a time I really learned to love for myself and even understanding, again, like I said, when I say stuff like, you, if, you're, if something's going to cause your brother to sin, mm-hmm. you do not. I learned that from the friend who joined yeah. me and then took and longer. And then you left him there. 
Yeah, exactly. To quit rights and that's why helping the person come out of the issue that I put them in the first place. Mm. So that kind of helped. That's so that's the kind of thing I always like. I always go by saying, okay, that's how I live my life now because of that experience I had, mm. and I've also learned who I am because of that experience I had. Yeah. So, yeah. It's it's nice that you said that. I I. I'm going to round this up now. I think like we've had a very, very good conversation. Um, it. Are you recording? Mm. <laughs> yes. yes, Dom. Like it's been recording. Oh my day! <laughs> I've been watching it. No, yeah, we've been recording, and I think. Yeah, I really enjoyed this conversation. If you guys still have more in you that you want to get out there. You know, you can let me know, and then we'll do this again, part two, especially if people want to hear it. Um, but I just feel like what I would like to get out there, and I said it in the last episode, is just because you're in church every Sunday doesn't mean it, like it don't mean nothing. Mm-hmm. At the end, though, at the end, mm. it does, it doesn't don't go and quote me and say. But it doesn't mean yeah. Yeah. coming to church doesn't mean anything. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Just because you're coming every Sunday, psh, that's that's that good for you. Just because you're serving, good for you. Just because you're doing a bit, good for you. If you have no relationship with God, bad for you. And wow. <laughs> like, I really just feel like everyone, we really need to concentrate on having that relationship with God. And this is also for everyone else that's looking at someone else, mm. looking at all the pastor's children and be like, well, well, they can't talk to me. I've just seen their child. Look at what their child is. Their child is doing. Okay, cool. Let's understand that we all have a journey. Let's understand that just because we're born in the church doesn't mean as soon as we we come to a knowledge of things that yes definitely that's it we're grown we're mature in christ and everything's sorted no we're still on a journey everyone is still on a journey and everyone grows at different paces and at a different pace mm-hmm. everyone grows at a different pace at a different pace and our relationship to god is not determined by how long we've been in the church mm-hmm. okay so let's not let's just not throw stones you know like it's said, let's just not be throwing the stones let's help i think it's it's if you just if you just condition your mind to be of support to be of help to someone else not just think boy you're already like this you should know mm. do you know what i mean you should know you should know okay well evidence shows that i didn't know so yeah. where's the way forward do you know what i mean i just think that that's what we should um we should all do especially because it's such a big part of our lives yeah like it's a massive part of our lives and it's so important to us that you know yeah that's wow that's literally all I, i'd like to say anybody last words like last words like sentence bye bye wow, wow. Oh, no, wait. i will say this like you just say this attendance does not mean you will pass to the next level mm. That's the main thing. We sometimes we, we attend, attend, attend. We should be that like as long as attendance does not does not class, classify you to become the king. That's the British education system. Two levels. It's true. In the levels, when you get knocked down, then you're like, I need to retake. Attendance does not take it. Yeah, if you do not go, if you if you like, sometimes going to church and church not going through you, 
Yeah. That's the main thing. Yeah. Don't just go to church. Let church also go through you. Mm. That's the main thing. Amen to that. Amen. So, PKs, can you close us in prayer? <laughs> wow. I'm joking. Glory. Hallelujah. Bye, Thank you so much for, for listening. This is probably going to be in two parts. Thank you for listening. And Wait, we... Wait, okay. when, when did you say two parts? Why did you Excuse me, Dominic, Dominic, Dominic. I called you how many times? Dominic, Dominic, Dominic. Dominic, how many times did I call you? Three times. Three times. They're gonna tell my mom. You're gonna tell your mom. Your son's misbehaving. Thank you once again. Don't forget to follow on Instagram at the pilgrimage of her. Like and subscribe. Yep. Don't forget to share with everyone. Share with everybody because they all need to know this. Everyone needs to understand what we are saying. Share with everyone. And please let me know your thoughts on this topic. And you will hear from me again next week. Bye. Bye.